0: Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in once again. We're closing out the week on Bible Tract Echoes, but we are not closing out the story. We're just now getting into the nitty gritty. We're just getting into the meat and potatoes of Austin Marriott's story. You say, who is Austin Marriott? Well, he's my brother-in-law. He's the uncle to my children. He's the operations manager at BTI, the lead designer. The vast majority of the gospel tracks that you see, that you order from BibleTracksInc.org, the design work on the front and on the inside, the typesetting, all of those things. The gentleman whose voice you're about to hear, he did the majority of that work. And so I hope in your heart that you're thankful for the work that he does on behalf of BTI and on behalf of those that invest and donate to our ministry. But He has an interesting story. He has a providential story. He has, as was described earlier in the week, a God story. And you're going to want to hear, we're just now getting into it. We discussed and and heard over the past day or two about his adoptive parents and how he was recovered or taken from the hospital at 18 years old from his birth mother and not taken but she was she gave him up for adoption hours. And, I'm sorry 18 hours old and back up here for a moment I'm glad he's going to tell the rest of the story we're just recapping here for just a moment but this is most certainly going to flow over into next week and so I need you to already make plans if you're listening to the radio broadcast just mark out this time Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday because there's so many amazing pieces that you're going to want to hear. Let's jump right into it, Brother Austin. Tell us where we're at in the story, and let's just go forward.
1: All right. And again, thank you so much that you would take the time to listen uh, to my story, uh, which, as Brother McCurry said, is really just a story bragging on our Heavenly Father. So we have been, we're have we now in the summer of 2008, and uh, my mom passed away in January of 2008, and going through those emotions and dealing with that, being engaged and dealing with planning the wedding. In June of 2008, uh, Rachel and I get married. Uh, but Right around that time, right at the end of May, beginning of June, my dad, Stacey Marriott, comes to me and uh, he said, hey, I have a email address for your biological mom. I have some contact information if you'd like to uh, reach out. I was a bit hesitant at first. I, I wasn't I did, not, I did not not want to uh, reach out to her, but just not really sure what to say. And so I fell back on what I had already mentioned earlier this week, that if I ever had the chance to talk to her, I wanted to say thank you. And so I wrote a letter and a, an email, I guess you could say, thanking her for choosing adoption, uh, for not choosing uh, abortion, for not ending my life before it even began, uh, but giving me a chance, you know, even at the time when I wrote the letter, I did not fully comprehend the the weight of the decision that she made to put me up for adoption. At that time, obviously, I was not married. I did not have any children. And I I, I don't think I fully understood that until I held my own daughter for the first time in my arms. And understanding the love that a parent has for their child. And if you're tuned in and you have a child, you understand. What I mean by that, the love that you have for them, it's indescribable, but that she would set her desires aside for my well-being. At the time, she was just a a teenager, not ready to take on the responsibility of a child. And so she knew to give me my best chance, adoption was the choice to be made. And so she had done that. and, And I wanted to express my gratitude for that. Uh, that she placed me into a home that really, that God placed me into that just was absolutely incredible, uh, just a, a wonderful home uh, of Christian values and growing up in church and heavily involved in ministry, it's just, it's just amazing. And so I wrote this email to her, and we began to correspond via email, the first email I got back from her, she told me, she said, I want you to know that abortion was never an option it was it was not even on my radar to to make that choice. I was either going to take you and care for you or I was going to put you up for adoption. That was the, that was the only options I had. And so that was very comforting to know and um so we began to exchange pictures and talk a little bit back and forth and we emailed for a little while. And uh, then uh, it, that was probably almost a year or, or, or more that we would email back and forth, just kind of getting to know one another. And then we began to message on Facebook back and forth to each other. And uh, then the time came. By then, Rachel and I had been married. We uh, had taken a position in Iowa as, as a youth pastor out there. And we were in Iowa, and we got to a point where my biological mother wanted to come and meet us in person. And uh, I said, that would be incredible. That'd be awesome. We'd love that. So we made the arrangements, made the plans. And uh, at the time, actually, I had uh, suffered a knee injury skiing. And I was in a world of hurt, had a surgery and just laid up. And uh, so my wife went to the airport, picked her up. It was in the middle of a blizzard, if I remember correctly. It was She uh, She will not let me live that down. But she brought her to our house. And I got to see her face to face for the first time when when she had me. She she never, uh, she she just, she couldn't. She couldn't see me. She couldn't hold me. She knew that if she did, she would not be able to give me up. So we got to see each other. Uh, that was a, a just a somber moment. And so as during that time in Iowa, she began to tell me her story. Her story uh, has a, a very different beginning. She and her sister, her mom, the way that she tells the story had a Affinity for drunkards, so men were in and out of their home and their life very regular regularly and uh their dad uh, was a drunk and finally got to the point where their her mom said enough, and they left that year. I believe she was about twelve years old at the time that year they moved multiple times. I believe she told me that they were in nine different schools that year. They were moving so regularly, just living with family all across the country. They finally settled down in Arkansas, and uh, her mom found an apartment for them to live in, and her mom found a job and began to work. And I think this was about the time of school ending, summer beginning, and so the girls were basically left to themselves while mom would go to work. They began to hang around the wrong crowd, get and some bad influences and uh, my mother began to date a 19-year-old young man or 21-year-old young man, excuse me. And uh, her mom found out about it, had that young man arrested, rightfully so. From there, for somehow, some way, she found a girl's home in Georgia. They did not really have a religious background at the time, not very faithful in church at all. But she found this girl's home, and so she packed the girls up and drove from Arkansas to Georgia and dropped them off at this girl's home. She left them there. She she went back to Arkansas, and she began to communicate with them on a periodic basis, and she would not write them letters because... The home would read the letters and proofread them before they gave them to the girls. And you you understand how that process works at a girl's home. They have a structure and a plan of trying to accomplish things. And so they have to be very regimented in those things. And uh, so, so their mom would not write them, but she would call them. But then she found out that the home was listening to the phone call as they would talk. And she got upset with that. And so she just never called. A year went by and she came back. Uh, To pick the girls up and during that year the girls just blossomed. Uh, They just grew so much. Uh, They trusted christ They just began to grow as as christian young ladies and uh, The home had just done so much for them and Their mom came to pick them up and they said mom if it's okay with you we'd like to stay here at the home And their mom said that's fine. That that sounds good and left and never came back And so the girls grew up in the home they went through the schooling of the home. They uh, became the, I guess you could say, the poster children of the home. The My mom would play the piano for the girls as they would travel with the evangelist and sing at churches and whatnot. And she would, as new girls would come in, she would be kind of the welcoming committee and see the girls and get them acclimated to the home and uh, cut their hair and just all sorts of different things that she did to try to help these girls. So she... Grew up there and went through the schooling, graduated uh, graduated younger than normal, Uh, and at the time, the the gentleman who was running the home, uh, he was an evangelist and uh, traveled the country preaching, Um, but he was from West Texas, grew up, had about a third grade education, and he was ministered to, I, I don't believe he got, I think he was already saved, but surrendered to preach or to ministry under the preaching of Dr. Lee Robertson. And Brother Robertson said, hey, if you come to Tennessee Temple, this was back in the, I don't know, 50s, 60s, or even earlier. He said, if you come to Tennessee Temple, I'll, I'll, I'll train you, I'll teach you, I'll do, do everything I can for you. And so he did, and they, they grew to a very close relationship. And so when my mom graduated from the school there at the home, he called Dr. Robertson, Robertson and said, hey, I have a young lady that graduated the home, and I'd like to send her off to Bible college. Would, would you consider accepting her? And Doctor Robertson said, "Well, sure, she could come, and uh, she can be a uh, uh, come as a missionary kid." And they had special programs for that financially and whatnot. And so she did. She came to the home and or came to the the college and attended college. Her first year, she that summer she traveled with a a man and his wife who uh, would go to camp meetings and sing. And she drove for them and cared for his wife. She was very ill. And then the following fall, she came back to college and began. Uh, her schooling and at that time began to work in a shoe store locally there And at the shoe store, she met a young man And uh, this is her her test her her uh, Telling me the story. She said this young man was a uh, the son of a baptist preacher Friendship had ensued and one thing led to another and she ended up pregnant And uh, as she's telling me this story, this was the first time that I had heard that my biological my biological grandfather on my father's side was an independent Baptist preacher. As she was telling the story, she said that the man of the home the evangelist there essentially became they never were legally adopted but essentially became her 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 dad and called her her called him dad and his wife mom up until they passed away. And so hearing this story from her I'm here I'm learning that my biological grandfather on my Dad's side is an independent Baptist preacher. My essentially biological grandfather on my mother's side <laughs> is an independent Baptist preacher, and it just blew my mind. And it really did. It just my mind was reeling. I had no. I had no idea. I had no idea of my background. I had no idea of my history. And uh, it just was absolutely incredible. And you m- make sure you tune in next week to hear the the next set of the story uh, as she be, continues to tell me more and more about my history
0: You're not going to want to miss it We take heritage very seriously here at BTI and I'm very excited for you to continue to hear Austin's Have a great day for His glory Join us next week. God bless
2: Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888,